Hi guys, welcome to the Haley Rowe Show. I'm a feel-good habits coach dedicated to helping you reach new levels of health, happiness, and performance. Please visit HaleyRowe.com for more information and show notes. Thank you for listening. Let's get to it. Today we have Dan Sullivan on the show, and he is one of the first bulletproof coaches in the United States. And Dan, why don't you tell them a little bit about your background and your story? Sure. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, to your listeners as well, it's a, it's an honor. It's a privilege. Um, you know, so like you said, I'm a certified bulletproof coach. Um, you know, my background is in sports. You know, I grew up as a hockey player playing ice hockey, and that took me all the way up to the University of Maine, where I played Division One college hockey. And you know, at that point. I really got interested in my health from a high performance standpoint. You know, I was looking for the extra edge, wanted to be able to perform better. You know, I was going through some ADD at the time, which I'm sure we'll talk about later in the show. And, you know, I was really searching for some other answers besides medication. So that took me onto a very interesting path that you're aware of, you know, with the whole bulletproof diet and all these different lifestyle changes that we can make that have made a huge impact in my life. Absolutely. Well, that's amazing. So you've definitely been required to take up healthy living due to being a hockey player and having trouble with uh, ADD. Why were you not wanting to use the medications? What was that whole experience like? Well, it was interesting because, you know, growing up, um, school wasn't really my main priority. And, you know, I was playing sports and doing music. And, you know, I really loved those things. But, you know, once I really tried to get serious about school, I was noticing that I couldn't concentrate, you know, I was having a really tough time reading, you know, for an extended period of time. So at that point, I didn't really know too much about diet intervention, um, you know, lifestyle habits. And so, you know, a friend of mine or several friends of mine, you know, were, were on medication for ADD and they said that it really helped. So I was like, okay, you know, I should probably try that. So I hooked up with a doctor and, you know, um, ended up being prescribed a, a multitude of, of things, you know, over the years. Um, but something kind of deep inside me just, it didn't really resonate as far as a long-term strategy, I knew that there were probably better options that I just didn't know about. And so, you know, just kind of understanding that, you know, and also with medication, not that medication's a bad thing by any means, but for me and where I was, um, it was just one of those things where I knew that there were other options. So it would, you know, the medication would kind of work and it kind of wouldn't work. And I didn't really get the results that I wanted. And so that's why I started looking for other answers, you know, listening to podcasts and reading books and, you know, seeking out functional medicine practitioners and, you know, trying things with my diet. And, you know, once I found somebody, uh, started working with a functional medicine doctor, functional neurologist, um, you know, avoiding things like gluten, for instance, you know, which I had no idea, right? Yeah. You know, being an athlete, having the uh, the pasta dinners and these, you know, gluten fests that um, 
that was just kind of the cultural norm that it was required to have those types of foods to perform well. And, you know, I just started finding out that that was indeed not the case, that there was a whole other world of functional medicine that was really fascinating to me. Absolutely. And when you were with your buddies and going down this path of trying to look into holistic methods, how would you address the fact that not everybody knows what's going on or why you're not eating the gluten? How do you address that? <laughs> oh, that was, that was, uh, yeah, that was interesting. My last year of college, I really made the full transition. So I was actually the only guy on the team to do a gluten-free diet. And, you know, some people think you're kind of weird, you know, trying a new thing. I've always been that weird person in my group, so I get it, but... (laughs) Sometimes you have to be. Right. So if you were someone who was in your position and overwhelmed by all the information out there, what would you tell someone um, regarding how to get started? I know you mentioned podcasts. I know you mentioned working with a functional healthcare professional. You know, I I think, to be honest... um, I find it very fulfilling to learn about this stuff. You know, obviously it's, it's kind of what I do now for a living, you know, but, but being educated, I feel like the more educated you are, the better off you're going to be. Um, the more you can relate to, if you, you know, go to a, a functional medicine doctor, you know, some kind of a provider, uh, a health coach, a bulletproof coach, even, you know, the more you know about, your health, the, the the better of a conversation you can have and the more answers that you can get. Um, so I would say, you know, start with reading, you know, read uh, books, you know, listen to podcasts and, you know, just seek out things that are interesting to you and that have to do with what you're going through in your health journey and try to seek out maybe somebody that has gone through a similar path and has had similar setbacks. Um, you know, those things have all helped me tremendously and it's been a cumulative process where, you know, the podcasts just add up, you know, over the years, you just, you don't even know how much, you know, after a while. Yeah, I would definitely agree. It's crazy to think about how much podcasts for free have changed my life. And however, it's hard to know who to trust or what's a valuable source do you have any advice for um, how to identify that? Yeah, I mean, I would say just personally, you know, this is my own uh, belief here, but when you're listening to podcasts, you know, like Tim Ferriss's podcast or the Bulletproof podcast or, you know, Ben Greenfield's podcast, all these all these kind of health-related podcasts, more or less, there's, you know, many more that are great out there. And I found very common themes that just run across the board that, you know, all these health professionals are, or I wouldn't say all, but most of these health professionals are agreeing on a lot of the fundamental issues at play. And I think that if you listen to, you know, a couple podcasts or, you know, read a couple books or, you know, talk to a couple of healthcare professionals that you'll know, or you'll, you'll notice definitely some trends across the board. And I think those are the things that you can kind of safely follow. And then also, you know, trust your, trust your own instincts, trust your own, um, guide within yourself as well. 
Yeah, that is a really good point because a lot of the podcasts share the same common themes like eat vegetables, go outside, get enough sleep. But on a micro level, you need to listen to different experts on the subject. You need to test it out for yourself because not everything is a one-size-fits-all approach. When it comes down to exactly what to eat, exactly what workout to do, that is going to come from testing it out yourself. Oh, exactly. I 100% agree with that. What I like about your story is that you didn't just say, well, this is the way it is. I am going to have to take these medications. There's no other options. And what are some strategies you used during the journey to stay positive and not get discouraged, especially if other people were telling you, well, just this is the way it is. Take the medication. And that's the end of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, mindset you know, having that belief um, in yourself and in what you're doing when it seems that not many people around you see the the validity of what you're doing. Um, you know, so one of the things that I would do would be to, you know, listen to these guys like Jim Rohn or, you know, Tony Robbins or Brendan Bouchard, you know, some of these kind of powerhouses in the self-development realm that really, you know, Wayne Dyer is another one that had a big influence on me back then, uh, especially in college. They were really essential to me in my mindset, you know, developing a positive mindset um, around adversity, you know, especially when you feel, um, you know, somewhat alienated if, in this journey. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you're very interested in health and, you know, success and what it takes to, to be a, you know, happy and a healthy human being. And so sometimes what it takes to accomplish those goals goes against the normal grain of our current society. You know, so the average society, obviously, you know, our, you know, rates of obesity and all such, you know, illnesses are, are increasing. So the average is not really the healthy, you know, what you, what you want to, uh, to model, and so, you know, when you deviate from that, it does require a stronger mindset and a stronger self-belief in what you're doing. And I find that, you know, constantly putting myself in front of other successful people and, you know, reading books that are inspiring to you and, you know, spending time with other people that you find uplifting and fulfilling and that accept you for who you are and not just, you know, what kind of a weird diet you're you know, adhering to, or, you know, what kind of uh, funky glasses that you wear to uh, better adapt to the light, for instance, you know, so I guess those are those are some of the things that I would say. Side note, if you're curious about what kind of glasses he's talking about, go to theprimetimehealth.com and check out the blog Hack Your Sleep. What about going back to the focus, the ADD? What were some of the things that you did or habits that you formed to improve your focus? What were three major ones that really helped Man, you? Yeah, there were there were so many things. Um, I think initially the the realization that the diet had a big role. So I would say number one would be diet and kind of a subcategory to that would be the elimination for for me at least was gluten, dairy and soy. And I'd also say with a caveat of sugar or refined starches, carbohydrates, and those kinds of things, um, eating a eating a more uh, very high quality diet, you know, the lean proteins, um, basically adding in healthy fats where 
growing up in my family, you know, fats were kind of almost demonized, you know, where it was bad, you know, you're going to get a heart attack or whatever from these, uh, from these fats that turned out to be, you know, not so much the case. So I would say that would be number one. Um, number two would be neurofeedback, which I'm sure we'll talk more about. Um, so I did, I did a bunch of neurofeedback, which had a huge influence on me and my focus levels among other things as well. And then I would say number three would be the constant, uh, developing the habit of constantly learning and pushing myself in, you know, realms that I wasn't very knowledgeable in, you know, like health and then really developing a passion for that. And, you know, being, being okay to be a learner and to acknowledge that I didn't know and to be open to new ideas. I feel like that was a big one for me. Yeah. And in a way you took your challenge or a barrier that some people, some people would look at it that way and you turned it into a career path. You've turned it into a positive, meaning that you're learning a, a lot and you are sharing it with others. And also, hearing about the diet, I've, I hear about the elimination diet and the bulletproof diet and all of that. But for someone who doesn't focus on that and is hearing you talk right now saying, oh, I got rid of soy, gluten, blah, 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 they are probably freaking out and wondering, what? Like, these things play a role on my focus and my energy. And is there any recommendations as far as like building on to changing your eating habits? You know, advice for someone who's just hearing this for the first time? I think the, the focus on quality really matters. And it's really a fascinating topic, you know, because you can really dive deep into it. Um, you know, going to a local farmer's market you know, where people are very conscious about health, for instance, you know, and it's fun to interact and to, you know, to get to know these farmers and, you know, how they raise their, you know, their beef, right, the grass fed beef and their, you know, organic vegetables and things like that. And you can kind of get around people that, that are knowledgeable and that really love it um, and are really passionate about it. There's tons of other stuff that you can do. You know, the, the, the world is really your oyster um, in this category. And there's so much, so much great information about it. Um, you know, there's a whole variety of different, different supplementation that you can do. You know, if you're working with a practitioner, for instance, um, getting some kind of comprehensive blood work done, you know, through there's panels with, you know, wellness effects, which that actually, if you had asked for a number four, that would be my number four, um, you know, getting a comprehensive blood panel or multiple blood panels rather so you can track your progress. Those really made a huge difference. And are, I'm actually still doing work on my health wow. to this day. So. Right. It's a never ending process. But one thing that's amazing is that you're tracking as you go your improvements by using Wellness FX, which is not covered by insurance if I'm no, Correct. unfortunately not. I actually, where I work, I work with a healthcare provider and we actually do get a, a phenomenal deal and I get the employee discount as well. But <laughs> but uh, you can you can either do the wellness effects, but I mean, I think I did a panel actually with them years ago. I think a pretty basic but somewhat comprehensive panel was like 150 bucks 
And I mean, you're worth it. You're worth, you know, if you're listening to this, your health is so worth 150 bucks um, to just get a an accurate picture of what's going on. Um, and it really helps too when you do reevaluations, you know, a year down the line or, you know, just to see where you're at, just so you can stay on top of things. Because, you know, what I say a lot to people is, We'd rather we'd rather turn the ship before we hit the iceberg rather than to hit it, you know, uh, and then try to turn the ship. You know, if you go in and you have a chronic illness, for instance, you know, it's it's a lot harder than it is to, you know, do something now, you know, do something today, you know, get some blood work done or you know, really start to focus on your health and, you know, make some of these changes now Um and a lot more can be done, and it's a lot easier. Yeah, and testing can totally save you money in the long run if you say, okay, wait, actually my vitamin D levels aren't low. I don't need to be taking so much of this expensive supplement, you know? So right. you don't have to buy all of these things that you may not need if you know your levels, or you might be able to be investing in the right things that you do need so that you're not just shooting in the dark. Now, when you said you do all of these things, diet, um, neurofeedback, I want to focus a little bit on neurofeedback. What is that for people who don't know what it is? And what does it do for you and for us? Neurofeedback is a more advanced form of biofeedback. You know, years ago, they had biofeedback. They have you know, heart rate variability now, which is a form of biofeedback. And so what neurofeedback is, is basically a form of training your brain or training, training your brain waves more specifically to fire in a more efficient or a healthier manner. Basically the process that we would go through, and I do this actually at the office that I work um, on people. So we start off with a QEEG brain map. And it's a relatively uncomfortable cap that you have to put on your head. It's not too bad. But um, so there's 12 different locations on your head that you would be measuring the brainwave output on. And so based on that, um, the way our system works is you would actually feed that into a system of I think it's maybe like 60,000 different brain maps, for instance. And, you know, over time, they've mapped out what's what's healthy and what's not as healthy. And so, you know, people come in all the time with things like ADD or, you know, OCD or you name it. Um, and their brain waves are kind of out of sync with a normal healthy pattern. And so what neurofeedback does is we figure out what areas of the brain are most out of whack, if you will, and then actually train those areas back into balance and it's a really interesting process where all you actually have to do is sit down and watch a movie for about a half an hour. And it's really interesting because the movie will come in and out of clarity based on what your brain is doing. And so, for instance, if your brain is you know outside of the range that we're trying to train it in, the movie will dim out and so will the sound and it'll happen instantaneously. And then once your brain is in the zone, uh, the movie will come in in full clarity, and then so will the sound. So it's just like riding a bike, 
um, you know, subconsciously you, you don't have to think, Oh, am I falling off the bike right now? You know, you just know intuitively that you're falling to your right, for instance. So then you balance out and it's really, uh, very much like that. Yeah. And in a way it's the same methodology. You train your body. It's the same thing with your brain. You're training your brain, but you have to support it properly. Yes, exactly. Can we all benefit from neurofeedback? I think so, honestly. You know, um, if you, brain fog is another big one. If you, even if you just want to perform optimally, say, you know, I don't have anything wrong with my brain. I just want to perform at the next level. I think that neurofeedback is a great avenue um, with the caveat of, you know, having a proper diet, nutrition, and all that kind of thing as a fundamental first or as fundamentals first. And so building neuroplasticity via neurofeedback is much easier with the right building blocks like diet and nutrition and the right supplements and all that kind of thing. So we see a lot better results once, you know, people are eating right and they're doing, uh, taking care of their lifestyle. So I would say step one would be to take care of that stuff first. And then you could try you know, to do some neurofeedback. Cause I think for a long-term change, it works much, much better, uh, in conjunction with the diet. Okay. So what are some affordable or not so affordable ways that we can do neurofeedback? How do we find it? Can we do it ourselves or do we have to go somewhere? That's a great question. Um, this kind of fell into my lap. So I was very fortunate. However, I believe there's I believe there's a unit or a couple units from Dave Asprey at the Bulletproof Exec. I believe it's bulletproofexec.com, but I think they have a unit or two that you could buy yourself. Now, there's a couple affordable methods that you could do, a little bit cheaper being the heart rate variability, which I know you know about. Yeah, I love that. And that's really helped me tremendously in a little bit of a different way, like a whole body, you know, presence type thing rather than specifically brain, um, that that's, I think they're maybe a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, so that has a tremendous influence with the, the feedback, the biofeedback. Um, and then, you know, you can look online, there's something called 40 years of Zen, which I'm sure some of your listeners have probably heard of, which is a, a pricier, version of neurofeedback and all intensive version. I believe they take a week straight uh, and really dive deep into that. But there's there's more and more practitioners, honestly, popping up all over the place, all over the states, or if you're listening abroad, um, you know, I think there's actually a lot more even in Europe uh, than there are in the states. Just look online, you know, see if you can find a reputable practitioner. Um, there's forums, I believe, on, you know, Bulletproof that that members could could help you out as well. Yeah, those are great resources. I definitely think the beginner's version would be the uh, heart rate heart rate variability. Now, what about could someone compare neurofeedback to meditation, or is that completely different? Yeah, I think they could. I mean, I think that neurofeedback is sort of like meditation on steroids. You know, it's it's one of those things where Meditation is meditation is phenomenal. I, I really think so, and I, I do meditate um, fairly regularly even now. Um, the neurofeedback 
really brought on, for me at least, brought on breakthroughs that I don't think would have happened as quickly. I could be wrong. Right, because you were able to have feedback on if you were on track or not. Right, right. You know, whereas meditation, you know, you can sort of, you know, know if you're in the zone or not, but not on a millisecond by millisecond basis, where I think that it really, when that happens, I think that your your overall, your nervous system, your brain or what have you really uh, take it in more, really integrate it a lot more efficiently that way. But I, I do think that even if you don't have access to neurofeedback, that, you know, meditation or heart rate variability, those are really tremendous practices to get in the habit of doing. I think there's a, a tremendous amount of benefits from doing those things. Yeah. And how have you built neurofeedback, your healthy eating, your supplementation, all of those things into your lifestyle. What's a given day for you or, or what would be considered a good day for you? Sure. I mean, day to day, day to day can differ, you know, depending on if I'm going to be working out, I'll eat a little bit differently. Um, or if I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, I may be, you know, eating a little bit differently. If I'm doing neurofeedback, you know, I might be supplementing with some more DHA, for instance, you know, to help the um, neuroconnectivity. But, you know, a normal day would be something like a, you know, very nutrient-dense breakfast, for instance, you know, like some duck eggs, you know, cooked in coconut oil with some veggies in there like spinach or onion or broccoli. Um, could be a bulletproof coffee, for instance, if, I'm, if I want to do an intermittent fasting kind of a day. Um, you know, lunch would usually be – my office hates me for this, but sardines <laughs> on a salad, um, which are, I find that those are, I was, I was taken aback by those. I, I forget who I heard about those from originally, but I was like, all oh. those guys, Tim Ferriss, Dave, <laughs> they all love sardines because it's low on the food chain. So it has less yeah. mercury and it's a great source of uh, a few different, I think like I might be wrong, but like zinc or something. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Cookie but. 10, yeah, DHA, they're packed. They're just powerhouses. <laughs> so. And they're salty. They're very salty. Yeah. yeah, if you could palate those things, good for you. And, <laughs> you know, if if your immediate environment can tolerate it, <laughs> by yeah. all means do that. But, you know, um, so stuff like that, you know, or even like salmon or some kind of a grass-fed beef with a with a salad, you know, some avocado on there. Um, and then, you know, a pretty similar dish for dinner, you know, very high quality protein is going to be the essential, um, you know, a lot of organic vegetables in there, whether they be steamed or, you know, cooked usually in a, a grass fed ghee or a coconut oil, something of that nature. Um, and then, you know, relatively low on the carbohydrates, you know, with some sweet potato or some quinoa kind of here and there, um, getting most of my my veggies or my carbohydrates from from vegetables. And then, you know, as far as the supplementation standpoint goes, um, I know there's a lot of people that do, you know, smart drugs, things of that nature. I've experimented with those in the past. However, uh, you know, going back to what I what I alluded to earlier, the blood work and the importance of that, I think that a lot of people get drawn onto these exotic smart drugs, for instance, you know, like modafinil or, you know, um, 
the racetam family or these these types of smart drugs which i think are very powerful and taken the right way can have a, a potent positive benefit however i think there's a lot of low-hanging fruit that people might miss if they don't you know take a you know just a basic blood panel just to see where their numbers are you know um taking all the modafinil you want isn't going to help you too much if you're anemic or, you know, low vitamin D or things like that. If there's kind of, um, fundamental issues at play that, that those need to be addressed first. Um, and so I would encourage people to, you know, rather, rather than looking at, you know, specifically what kind of supplements that I might be taking or, you know, what kind of a diet I might be eating, you know, to really, um, take an individual approach and to really focus on, um, their their own fundamentals and then to work from there. Definitely. I think it's a good it's good to listen to different people's perspectives and what they do and what works for them and there may be some qualities that will overlap and work for you too, but like you said it really is it has to be an individualized approach. And uh what I like about your diet is that you're having a lot of brain boosting foods. Um, tell us a little bit about brain boosting foods. What, what are some examples? How come? Tell us more. Sure. Brain boosting foods. It's a whole range of them. You know, there's things like spices, like ginger and turmeric, which are really good for reducing inflammation. You know, there's types of MCT oils, you know, like, uh, the ones from Bulletproof, especially I like the brain octane oil, which is good for, you know, ketone production and, and utilizing that other kind of uh, system for utilizing energy. You know, there's things like fish oil, DHA, you know, omega-3s, um, CoQ10 for mitochondrial support. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff out there. You know, a full spectrum B vitamin are, are critical. You know, um, I would just have the caveat of, of skipping the folic acid there. Um, and some of the B vitamin supplements and go with a folate or a folinic acid, um, you know, methylcobalamin, B12, uh, the methylated form is great. You know, adaptogenic herbs are awesome for brain function. You know, so those are kind of the, the fundamentals. Magnesium is a good one. Um, I think, you know, there's a couple other ones like, um, you know, up in Maine here where I live currently, uh, vitamin D is, I mean, I... I think out of the hundreds of people I've done blood work analysis on, there's been only a handful that have adequate vitamin D levels, to be honest. So vitamin D3 is a big one that helps, you know, not just with brain function, but holistically, uh, immune function, hormone production, mood. Food. Yep. Totally. <laughs> so, so those are some, I hope that helps. Absolutely. And I think that when you said the B vitamins, those are a game changer. And the reason why you said uh, methyl, methylated, those are better absorbed. Is that right? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Okay. And I think, you know, for me personally, I actually do have the MTHFR SNP. Um, you know, so there's people out there, if you're listening and have no idea what I just said, that's totally cool. <laughs> but if you do and have, and if you do have methylation um, defects or, things of that nature, then, you know, finding the methylated version of these things, which is like exactly like you said, they're more bioavailable um, rather than something like a cyanocobalamin or just a straight up version of these things that isn't methylated. It's harder 
uh, and it's more inefficient for the body to utilize those things. So not as many people see the the effects from those kinds of things. Yeah. And people who are scratching their heads right now, we're talking about genetic testing, which you can get done on 23andMe. Um, there's a few other methods. And I too have some trouble in the MTHFR yeah. department. Is that right? Yeah. I went through that with a naturopathic doctor who helped me um, see what kind of genes I had. But um, it does impact what you want to supplement with and what you don't want to supplement with. And with the vitamin D, like 70% of people in our country are deficient in that. So that's probably a safe bet. It's a safe bet that you should get some supplementation unless you're outside all day. I think so. Yeah. I think that you've given us a great start on what somebody should do if they struggle with their focus. What do you do when you want to be able to really focus, um, but it's something, it's a task that you have no interest in and you are not motivated? How do we set ourselves up for focus Mm, and success? Great question. Great question. Still working on that currently. But no, one of the things that I've done... um, is for those types of tasks that I find are challenging, that I'm, you know, having trouble motivating myself to do. Um, I, for the past, oh man, it's been a long time. I would say at least four or five years, I've worked with a a friend of mine, um, or actually a couple friends of mine in the process of the years, uh, who are accountability partners. It's a process where we call one another or we have a weekly call, you know, every week at the same time. Um, and we discuss our top priorities that we uh, agree that we're going to do for the following week. And then we check in on each other about the past week, whether we've got our commitments done. And, you know, that's a big one for me that's really helped, uh, especially when it's something that I have a tough time you know, self-motivating where it's a kind of a task that I don't really want to do it, but I should, you know, I, I really, I kind of have to do it. Um, so developing, I guess, external motivation for that, not just relying on yourself, but if you can set up things like that, or even, you know, set up a small reward for yourself in, in a broader perspective, um, not just for this question, but in general, the accountability has really been a huge, uh, a tremendous help for me. There's something Tim Ferriss recommends like stick.com with two K's. I think you can, you can, uh, um, bet on yourself doing whatever you said that you were going to do. Um, and if you don't do it, there's a, a punishment, that happens, you know, X amount of dollars are automatically withdrawn from your bank account or something like that. So you can also use that. (laughs) I've heard of that. And there's another one where you donate to your least favorite charity of all times, like, (laughs) um, like the Nazi party or something (laughs) like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then you really don't want to fail. Yeah. It's crazy that, that we'll do so much, um, for others, when there's other people involved, we stick to our uh, commitments, but we let ourselves down all the time. So I do think that that accountability is right. huge. It's so weird how that happens, but it's so true. What about environment-wise? So I know you said 
relying on external people. How can we set up our environment to have a lot of focus? This is a big one for sure. I'm glad you asked because for me at least, developing focus is really a practice in limiting as many distractions as possible. You know, so besides, you know, eating the the correct diet so that you set you're setting yourself up for success. You know, if you have your phone there constantly vibrating or you know, constantly if you have pop-ups on your computer, for instance, you're trying to work or you know, your kids are coming in the room or what what have you, you know, so just doing your best to set up an an environment that is distraction free the most that you can, you know, so you know, talking with your spouse about it and saying, you know, please don't disturb me between this and this hour and, or whatever it is, you know, and if you have to check your email so much, you know, set designated times for that. Don't find yourself just chronically, repeatedly going into an email, Facebook, Instagram loop that I know people listening are guilty of because I'm guilty of it too. So, um, those are some big ones for me, you know, putting the phone on airplane mode if I'm working. If it's an emergency, people can call 911. I, I think really protecting your time and understanding the, the importance of that. I think to build off of this, there's a book called Deep Work by Cal Newport that I really got a lot out of. And he delves into that a lot deeper than I'm, I'm about to do. Um, and I think he does a lot more elegantly as well. But um, that would be a great resource in that category. Love it. Yeah. And when you do have a day where you're not productive, you're distracted, what are some things you've done to prevent it from happening again um, and kind of not dwell in your setbacks? You know, there's a couple things that come to mind, Um, you know, trying to go back over what I did, you know, so whether it's like at the end of the day, I'll usually do a daily recap. And then, you know, a couple of things I'm grateful for, for instance, when I do that recap, I'm thinking, you know, what, what could I have done better today? Or, you know, what was amazing today that I want to keep doing and, you know, so that I can reward myself for those things. Um, so just, you know, I would say take time to reflect. And the other thing that I do is, I do a weekly review that enables you to really take a bird's eye view of your life and what's kind of going on. And then it helps you to prepare for the future to try to mitigate those things from happening. Um, You know, so if you're getting bet, you know, getting to bed too late, for instance, or if you're having a tough time, you know, disengaging from your phone and working. Um, you know, at the end of the week, you can say, you know, what are those, what, what's really holding me back and how can I, you know, move forward? And so I think, you know, for me, at least the, the habit that I've gotten into is definitely setting up the weekly, you know, time where I can review the week and then, you know, set myself up for success where I, I actually, I use something called the weekly rhythm register by a guy named Darren Hardy. Um, and in that it's basically, you know, just actions that you want to do or, you know, goals that you want to achieve this week. And then it gives you a Monday through Sunday, uh, checklist of those things. And so it's just a nice way a visual way. I think, you know, as human beings, we're very visual. And so that's one of the things that helps me to keep on track. And, you know, if I have an off day, then I can see, you know, I'd, 
I can't put a check mark in the box, you know, for instance. So, and then I can look forward to the next day and say, you know, I really want to get this done. And then I have my goals in front of me. I think that's another thing that really helps is to, you know, it's really easy to get off track when you don't know where you're going. Um, if you don't have your goals in front of you, you know, like three by five cards are awesome. You know, I, I review goals like that where I can just kind of keep them, you know, in the front of my mind. Definitely. I think the visual thing and being able to put a check mark by something is a game changer. And for me, I use um, Streaks. It's an app that allows you to see how many days you are practicing a certain habit you want to do. Um, and the other thing, the goals, reading your goals daily has been huge as well for me. What was the thing you said something about rhythm? What's this, what is it called again? So that's called the weekly rhythm register. Weekly rhythm register. If you just Google it, it, it's a PDF. It's for free. You can just download it. I think that's from, it's from the book, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Oh, yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. I love that Classic, book. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. How can we measure our progress regarding focus and mental clarity? We kind of just touched on one, which is reviewing, reflecting. Is there any other tangible ways? Because it's not like losing weight where you can, you know, get your body composition tested and be able to actually see if there's changes going on with our brain and our energy and our mental focus. It's a little bit more difficult to measure that. What would you suggest? That's a tough one. Um, you know, there's a couple of different ways where, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have access to brain mapping where I work. So, you know, so that's one of the things that I can use and I can evaluate, you know, a former brain map to a current brain map you know, and literally see my brain <laughs> and the brain waves. So that Very is cool. really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, in the book, Deep Work, Cal Newport talks about <sighs> tracking the hours of what he calls deep work. Um, you know, the number of hours that you're spending doing the task that you're really passionate about, you know, if you're wanting to write a book or if you're wanting to, you know, or even in your job, literally tallying the number of hours and having it in a spot that you can see. And, you know, it goes along the lines of what we were just talking about, the whole visualization thing, um, having things that you can actually see, you know, a check mark or a tally or whatever. And I think that stuff really helps to build motivation and really builds momentum, which is huge. Definitely. I think those are great places to start. What would be your parting words to our audience? Let's say there's someone listening who feels like they struggle from ADD or their focus and health is lacking. What would you tell them? Sure. I think, you know, somebody listening in that, in that kind of a scenario, um, you know, there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel. If you dedicate yourself, you know, a couple minutes a day, um, to a certain discipline, you know, learning some more about your health, listening to a podcast that's, that's interesting to you. Um, you know, reading a book, you know, actually getting up, you know, going to the library or getting it on Amazon, um, and actually reading a book from, from a, from a professional that really knows his, his or her stuff in the area. Um, I think, those th those kinds of things really start developing momentum 
And sometimes it's very, very difficult and to see the light at the end of the tunnel when you're mired in it. And I can completely understand that, um, having been there myself and being very frustrated, um, you know, not even believing really that it was possible to go another route other than, you know, the medication route. So I can completely, uh, empathize with that. But I think that, you know, if you just deep down dedicated, dedicate yourself to that, um, to know that it's possible, um, you know, from coming from somebody that's done it and that's, I'm still doing it, you know, daily, it's a daily process. And I think that that's another thing that, you know, just to leave on is that, you know, success, that health, it's, you know, those things, happiness, you know, it's not a one-time thing where I think for me, um, it's been a constant light bulb moment after light bulb moment, you know, small wins and really, you know, you know, thinking about your goals and, and all these things really just start to tie together to build a, a beautiful life. I love it. Yes. And how can we keep in touch with you and find you online? DanSullivanHealthCoach.com. That's my website. Um, you know, on Instagram, Twitter, Dan Sullivan Health Coach, just search me. Um, Facebook, same thing. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Your story is very inspiring. And um, I feel like today we covered a lot of really good ground rules, you know, improving your diet, getting tested, measuring your progress, things like that. So um, maybe we have an episode on a more micro level later on. But I really appreciate you uh, for coming on. And Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Want to hear more shows? Please leave us a review on iTunes and don't forget to subscribe. Go to HaleyRoad.com to get your free habits guide. And remember, any advice given on the show does not substitute for medical advice from a healthcare professional. Talk to you guys soon.